This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I'm Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Timothy Harfield from Jasper, Georgia, and you're listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 28th, episode 1482. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining. Oh, well, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us this morning on Horses in the Morning. Of course, this is the Horse Hubby edition, which means no women are allowed. We don't have women on the show. We don't have women in the commercials. We just have no women. And you're... Women aren't even allowed to listen. That's the rule here on the Horse Hubby's Edition. Now, judging by the numbers on this day, which is usually in the top five of all our Horses in the Morning episodes, I think we have a few women listening. I'm just guessing. Timothy, we're not... They don't listen. Get out! They still don't listen to us. Look at this. Leave! We tell them they're not allowed to be here, and they still (laughs) don't listen to us. You know, it's the story of our lives as Horse Husbands. We just, they'll listen. Okay, they they'll listen. listen to us on the radio, but they won't listen to us when they're we're like standing right. right in front of them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They certainly don't listen to us when it has anything to do with the farm, the barn, the horses, anything and outside. Frankly, nor should they. Nor should they. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great show planned for you today. We're going to continue with our roundtable format. And as you know, Timothy is with us the fourth Thursday of every month. That is Horse Husbands Day. We've been doing this for a while. Last month, we started a roundtable where we got a couple other horse husbands on with us. We came up with some questions and just sat around and chatted about them. And that's what we're going to do again here today. Now, Timothy, you're in charge of the Horse Hubby blog, which is at what, horsehubby.com? That's it. And uh, I noticed you just posted, did a post on hydrating your wife. And my wife is a terrible drinker. She just, I have to like go, it's 100 degrees Aren't we out. All, Glenn? <laughs> I, I have to, it's 100 degrees out. And I, I am like going, would you drink some water? Just drink something. Uh, she's awful at that. So I the laughed horse, at your the post. The horses are pumped full of electrolytes and water and everything and then but they'll go the whole entire day even during like a regular day not a let let alone a competition and they won't drink a thing and so it's it's how do you how do you get fluids in them as they're trying to get not, fluids let's in their qualify horses? that non-alcoholic fluids into them let's just clarify well, that's that. right because yeah. you know alcohol <laughs> sort of is it uh it, it doesn't work the for purpose. the purpose yeah <laughs> it doesn't work for the athlete so so I, yeah, so I, I wrote a post, sort of experiments, you know, talking about Pedialyte. Gatorade's fine, but it's like kind of too sugary. Pedialyte uh, is something that it works miracles, but it costs like $8 a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that, that really sort of takes a chunk out of my wine budget. And then I did a sort of a do-it-yourself because there are recipes for this kind of stuff on the internet. I thought I was so clever and I made something for myself. And I said, here, honey, try this. And she, she... I, I, I picture her spitting it into my face. She didn't, but she quite easily could have. She said, honey, it tastes like sweat. Uh, <laughs> that's just and, what and, you and, want and, when you're sweating. <laughs> and, and I said, you know what? Well, it sort of makes sense because that's kind of what it's replacing. But, you know, that, that, that wasn't a good reason for her. No. And so it doesn't, if it'll, it, it'll do the job, but it won't do the job if you can't get it 
cleaner. No, right, correct. So, so experimenting with different ways. And uh, the great thing about the post, arguably the best part of that post, was the feedback from people who read it because people have all kinds of tips and tricks and products. And so it's worth not only reading the post, but also reading the comments. All right, good. And where can they find that again? Horsehubby.com. Real easy. Horsehubby.com. And now, uh, Lisa, last time we talked was on the road to possibly being an alternate on the Olympic team and then had some bubbles along the way. And she's off of that now, right? Is that Well, she's still officially an alternate, okay. but she's not the traveling alternate. Okay, gotcha. So uh, she has that distinction, which is really great. Um, she had an unfortunate fall uh, at the Nations Cup, which was a selections trial. Um, and that was in Great, is it Great Meadows, Grand Meadows? That was in Great, Me- great Meadows. Great Meadows, yeah, Virginia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so uh, we've been, been sort of working through that. You know, fortunately, no, nobody was harmed. She had all the safety equipment and everything worked and she fell into water and, you know, her horse was really good. So no, no problems in, in terms of fitness or, or health or safety. Um, but there's, you know, you've got, you've got to work through stuff like that. So it's, it's, uh, the sort of sports psychology part of it that ends up being, uh, you mean uh, the really husband psychology part of it? Well, what do you do? I, I have not, you, all, all you can do. And, and I, I kind of want to talk about this. This is sort of a question for a panel as well Is you know, our wives experience disappointment just like anybody else. And what, what do you do as someone who doesn't, doesn't know, you don't know what it's like. You don't know how to ride a horse. You can't provide any advice. So, so what, what is the best way to support your wife? What should you do and what should, should you not do? I think um, I have done, and we'll talk about this later, but I think I have done everything you're not supposed to do over oh, the last I, 30 years. I'm, I'm sure you have, <laughs> and I'm sure I've put a, a real dent in that list myself. Um, you know, so you do that more, we, I think, when you're a younger husband. Uh, young, no, I don't mean younger age-wise, but younger in the number of years you've been married. Uh, I think you do that. The less years of it you've been married, the more you make those mistakes. And then you do kind of learn along the way. And then when you get to 30 years like me, you just learn to shut up and just <laughs> just sit there. Because then, you know, you're, you're liable less to get in trouble. But we'll right. talk about that later. I can't wait to hear that conversation. That should be good. And you got yeah, some other great ones. And hey, everybody, we talk about these a lot on the morning show with Jamie, and that is horse movies. And your first question today, we'll give everybody a little peek. Your first question today is, what are some horse movies that don't suck? And uh, everybody knows on the show that's regular listener uh, uh, that I have my opinions on horse movies. So we're going to be talking about that a little later on. And this will be good for like the younger horse husbands or like those who are interested in possibly becoming a horse husband because you've got to be able to select movies that the both of you can enjoy. And so if you can select a horse movie that doesn't suck and you can watch it together, you're a hero, like off the bat, absolute hero. So we'll talk about that. If you really want to. All right, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's chat a little bit about our sponsor for this show. And of course, that is the Shaken Fork and the Flexen Fork from EquityMFG.com. We love our Shaken Forks. We love our Flexen Forks. We, um, we, you know, we use it every day here now. We're picking paddocks every day. We make sure we clean our paddocks every day. Yes, I even get out there and help clean the paddocks. And we do that to keep the flies down and all of that. 
plus we have small enough paddocks. I don't know about you. You probably have a hundred acres where it's kind of hard to clean the paddocks. But you know, we, when you have smaller acreage, it's even more important you to do that. And one of the things we have here, Timothy, I don't know if you have it up there, but in Florida, we're known for that. We have the grass that has the roots that go along the top of the ground. So right at the very top, they're not deep roots. So when you go to clean, when you go to clean poop out of the field, your forks get stuck in this. It's like a vine and they get stuck in it. And then you go to pull your fork and it flicks up and it hits in the face. And that happens a lot. Well, with the flexing fork, it doesn't happen as much because it has a built in suspension system. So with the suspension system on the backside of the fork, it reduces that flickage. And I'm making up all kinds of words here, uh, but it reduces that and you, you, you get hit in the face less is basically what it comes down to. So it really does work. The suspension system also helps when, it, when you have a heavy load, uh, like draft horse size, then the suspension system helps as well. And it helps you from keeping the brake tines. So these things last a long time. They, they, they last a lot longer than any other fork we've ever used. We're going on five years on ours and we haven't replaced the time. We, we had one tine brake on one of ours and that was after five years. And you cannot say that for the $30 ones you buy at the feed store. So we, we like ours. I know you are using yours. The shaken fork is incredible. If you're cleaning more than three stalls a day, you should have this baby. It does the work for you, and it's cool. It's horse husband approved. It actually has a trigger. It has a, it has a battery system in it, and it shakes the head for you and does half the work for you. And what horse husband doesn't want half the work done for him when we're forced to clean the stalls? So uh, you know what? If you're going to have to do it, you might as well, might as well make it as easy as possible. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. It, it is kind of fun. And your wife, if she has to do it, then she comes in quicker, right? So it's a win-win if you buy her one anyway, because that, unless you don't want her in quicker, but then that's a different story. We should discuss that in a different show. But if you really do want her in the house before nine o'clock at night and she's out there cleaning stalls, then consider getting the shake and fork. They're all at equitymfg.com. There are a ton of famous riders that, that use, the, use these forks, none of which our listeners that are horse husbands will know. So you, there's a lot of different options you can get. They start at like uh, $70 on up. Check them out at equitymfg.com or shakenfork.com. And we thank them for their continued support. Well, our panel this morning consists of a couple of people. One of them is Lou Ligori, and he he is a wife of TJ Egg. And I got to tell you, Lou, it's good to have you on the show. And I think TJ's been a fan of ours for years. Oh, he she sure she sure has been. Yeah, she she listens to you guys all the time. Does she make you suffer through listening to us, like, or does she put headphones in? Well, no, it's not really so much a suffering. I mean, I, I enjoy listening to uh, some of the things you guys are pretty funny sometimes, and, and some of the things you talk about are interesting. Uh, when well, we go on a hear. trip or something, <laughs> in the car is when I get to hear you guys. Lou, I'm glad we haven't done 5,000 episodes, and at least something in there is interesting. <laughs> That's, and occasionally a little funny. That's good. What does your wife do? Does she compete? Does she trail ride? Have backyard horses? Tell us a little bit. Well, I got to tell you, uh, she, she, uh, when she was a little girl, she had a horse and, um, uh, you know, I, I, that, that went away after she grew up, of course. And, uh, she lived in Massachusetts at the time, uh, and she moved to Endicott, New York, where we live. And, um, we got married and you know, her dream has always been to have another horse. Uh, so the opportunity came up 
to be able to um, uh, get a horse, and so she bought one. And uh, what she 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 just does everything. She's so into it that. Uh, she started out with just uh, riding uh, trail rides, uh, beginner's lessons, although she, she knew how to ride, but she started from scratch again. Uh, and now we're into uh, karting. We're beginning to get into that, or I should say she is beginning to get into that. And she also bought a mini uh, pony uh, named Mini Pearl. Uh, and uh, now she's into beginning to learn that horse into our pony into karting, too. So she's not so much as into competition, although this coming weekend, she actually is going to be competing in a dressage competition with her horse. Her horse's name is Cash, appropriately enough. <laughs> or it should have been lack of cash. Maybe we should have changed the name. <laughs> yes, Costing me be. cash, uh, something like that. So, right. so, Lou, when you got married then, she really wasn't into the horse thing. The horse thing has come later, so you're just starting to really figure out this whole thing. Well, yes and no. I, when we first got married, I knew that she had a, had a horse, and she told me she'd love to have another horse sometime. But we lived not in the country. We lived in the city. Uh, and uh, it, we began at uh, some point, uh, maybe I would say five years ago or so, uh, maybe a little longer, uh, to look for a home in the country so that she could, in fact, buy a horse and, and have the horse. But... I, I'm just not into getting up and mucking stalls and all that kind of stuff. So, we, you know, we, we were at odds in regards to that. But we, we finally um, decided that we didn't want to move to the country for a number of reasons. Uh, but the opportunity came up where she found that she could board a horse and we wouldn't have to muck out the stalls. And someone would be there to feed the horse in the morning. And when she wanted to, she could go up. And that worked out perfectly as far as I was concerned. And, and it worked out perfectly as far as she's concerned. Right now, she keeps her horse uh, locally uh, at a place called Fargnoli Farms. Oh, and you're a one... wimp, Lou. You're a wimp. Uh, you didn't dive in with both feet and out there cleaning stalls. Oh, no, no. You no, no, no. <laughs> but believe me, all of us horse husbands wish that that's the way it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in my particular case, it worked out exactly that way. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that it I bet did. you are. <laughs> so, all right, good. Timothy. Well, I'm delighted to, to have Patrick McKinney on the show. Patrick has been uh, probably one of the earliest uh, fans of HorseHubby.com, and he's, in fact, written a couple of really great articles uh, for the the uh, for the website. He's also featured very prominently in the Horse Hubby calendar. So I'd like, very much like to welcome you to the show, Patrick. Thanks for being on today. Well, thanks, Timothy. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about how you became a horse husband? Um, other than being voluntold? No. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Michelle and I got together probably oh, coming up 16 years now uh, in October. And she's always been into horses, um, going back to when she was about four or five years old. She started out riding at a, at a lesson barn in the west side of Chicago, um, out towards Elk Grove, Arlington Heights, that area. And um, when she moved out east in high school, she had horses as well. She always had, she always had thoroughbreds that she worked with. And um, fox hunting, hunter-jumper shows, that kind of stuff out 
when they moved out to the Pennsylvania area when she was in high school, she did a lot of that. And she was obviously competing and she competed at intercollegiate, uh, I guess they call it intercollegiate level uh, when she was at her undergrad at Tulane University. She was on there. Um, I guess they, it wasn't like a more of a club team type situation. Um, but uh, ever since we were, we've ever met, you know, she's always had two horses and though she wasn't eventing or doing anything real special with them other than just lessons and some trail rides and that kind of stuff. It's only been within the last, gosh, three, four years now where things have gotten, have started to get serious because our two daughters now have taken an interest. Like they, they really didn't have much of a choice. I don't think, um, we've got two daughters, 11 and 13 now, uh, Bryn and L and they're come through the schooling program and, uh, they're now starting to event as well. And, uh, so we're, I'm knee deep into it, elbow deep into it, depending on which day of the week it is. So you're a horse and, husband uh, and a horse dad. You got them both. Yeah, I kind of got double duty out of this. I'm not sure how that quite worked out because it's uh, where when we first got together. I mean, I I wasn't quite sure where my where my place was in all of this. Stuff. Are you it's now been, working four a, jobs a long... to support the three of them in horses? Well, you know, the one nice thing is that both Michelle and I are, have pretty decent employment, so uh, we both commit uh, contribute to that to the love. So it's uh, it's equal equal share of, uh, of income going towards it. But, uh, it's definitely a family affair. And, uh, especially with the two girls, it's, it, it takes all four of us to do it and do it well. How often do you get on the horse? Um, I think it's been one time on her, uh, honeymoon in Jamaica <laughs> and it's, uh, and it's the only time, uh, with, with someone affectionately known as Mr. Biggs. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a somewhat large dude, and how I stayed up, Lord only knows. But uh, there are pictures. And those Jamaican um, horses aren't exactly anywhere. fat, are they? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> most most riders are very sculpted, and I don't fit that that realm very well. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. We're glad that you guys are here, and I think we have some. Oh, the what this first question is really going to apply to Patrick. Because you got the daughters <laughs> and the wife, uh, you. We talk about this a lot on the show over the last uh, five years on Horses in the Morning, because my co-host Jamie is just into horse movies and she just likes them all. So, uh, Timothy, you came up with the first question. I love it. Why don't you ask it? Yeah. So I think about. Okay, I'll just say it. What are some horse movies that don't suck? Because you know, <laughs> wh- whether you are in beginning of your sort of career. As a horse husband, you know that you're going to end up watching some horse movies. You're going to end up watching a lot of them. So which ones in, in sort of our experience collectively are not super terrible? And this is for the benefit of, our, of, of us, but also for this sort of new or aspiring horse husbands that are looking for, for movies that will uh, uh, be good for date nights, right? That, that will, will, will not just make you fall asleep or want to, like, Shoot yourself. Shoot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, all right, so we're looking for horse husband approved horse movies. And, uh, well, Lou, has she forced you into horse movies? No, actually, uh, I enjoy horse movies. Oh. Uh, she, she also does. In fact, this weekend, for, I introduced her to my favorite horse movie of all time, which is The Black Stallion. Uh, with Kelly you introduced Reno. her to The Black Stallion? 
Can you imagine? I know it's Lou. You're breaking up. You're breaking up, Lou. We have to go now. Uh, It's been good talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I did introduce her to the. She had never seen it before. I couldn't believe it either, but she never saw it before, and she loved it, and so did I, of course. Uh, but I think it's a great movie. I, I never fall asleep during that movie. The, the photography is amazing. Uh, the music that goes along with it is also excellent, I think. I also like Hidalgo, and I also like Warhorse uh, because they're interested to keep my interest. Uh, she likes m- more of the, um, oh, I don't know, a kinder, gentler. Yeah, the squishy movies, ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on Hildago and Warhorse. War Those two were on my list. Warhorse probably on the top of the list. And Hildago uh, was just a good, fun, campy kind of movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah that was a good movie. And and uh, Patrick? Well, you can't go wrong with Secretariat. Yes. Um, oh, that's good a good pick. movie, too, yeah. Um, for, a guy, for a guy film that doesn't suck and involving horses, uh, Secretariat's right up there. Um, I've seen a lot of the, the, as you call them, the gushy ones uh, with with children in tow and some without the children in tow. And, um, uh, you know, with a man from snowy river, uh, mm. black sky and national velvet, um, mm-hmm. we've got a DVD library that would no pun intent, uh, choke a horse, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, it's what you do on a snowy day and there's nothing else going on. You, there's going to be a horse movie on the screen. So whether they're take good or the bad, whether the horse movie is good or bad. And I, so I'm very, okay. Whether the horse movie is good or bad or whether your wife likes it or not, or you like it or not. You're so, so my wife, and maybe this is the same with you is really good at like identifying the fact that the horse is different, that the same horse is played by like seven different other horses mm-hmm. for different scenes. Right. And that, a gelding is actually that that's a mare, that that's a, a stallion, that that's a this and that. And so there's this constant sort of uh, monologue over top of the movie where they're pointing out sort of the trainer is right there, the trainer is here, the you know, which which adds to the movie in one way, but also detracts because it sort of pulls you, rips you out of the narrative. Does that sort of resonate? Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Although um, we don't, I don't get that very often. Mostly we just watch the movie. If it's, if it's the type of movie that I, I'm just not getting into, it's a great opportunity for me to take a little nap while she enjoys the movie. Uh, but, but I understand what you're saying. She does remark about uh, uh, the type of horse, a Rocky Mountain horse, that's, which is what her horse is, of course, uh, and, and those kinds of things. So yeah, to, to some extent it does. Yeah, no, you know the weird what? noises that they play, the horse noises? Oh, uh, the fake whinnies. My wife hates fake oh, whinnies. Yeah. And they're yeah. whinnying without their mouth open. You know, that's just horses in the movies are always just whinnying. They seem to be whinnying every time they do something. Yeah. yeah that, that was a problem with the black stallion, particularly at the beginning of the movie. Just I thought. fake whinnies everywhere. Yeah, 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 because the horses, you know, on the boat in the the big storm, and the horse is going crazy because of the big storm, and it's like it 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 didn't even sound like whinnying; it sounded more like a banshee or some strange thing. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, this is not a fake whinny. This is Jamie's horse, uh, Chili. That's a real whinny right there. See, that's not a fake whinny. What are some horse movies that do suck? 
Okay, let me go down. Let me do this for you guys. I looked up uh, horsenetwork.com, just published a list of what they consider the top 50 horse movies uh, that horse women like. And I'll just do the top 10, and we'll see if we agree with this list. All right? So number 10 on the list was Shergar. I have no idea. Mickey Rourke was in it. It's something about an Irish racehorse. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So none of us have seen that, obviously. Hildago. We're all on the list for Hildago. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Timothy, did you ever see Hildago? Yeah, I've seen it. It's fine. <laughs> it's a campy movie, right? It's all right. Yeah. Uh, another one called Champions. Anybody? Yeah. I haven't seen that. 1981, true story about a horse. Not familiar with that one. Mm. Okay, Secretary, and I think if anybody's... We all agree on that one. We have to agree on Secretary. Oh, yeah, That's definitely. a good movie. Yeah. movie. Seabiscuit. As, as soon as... I need to say this about Secretariat. I didn't... The, the way that Secretariat was sort of ruined for me is immediately after the, the sort of... The, the lights came up, Elisa says, well, you know how Secretariat died? Oh. <laughs> of course, Elisa you know, what they don't show in the movie. <laughs> you know? Right. The, 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 do you all know this? Yeah, go ahead. Tell everybody. Secretariat died because Secretariat retired, but they kept feeding Secretariat the same amount that they fed secretary was a mare, right? So this is my ignorance. Girl? Girl uh, horse? Uh, the boy horse. Boy horse? Okay. What, whatever kind of horse. Kept feeding him. So, like, Secretariat ended up eating himself to death. Got laminitis and, you know, had to oh, be geez. put down. Hmm. Which, incidentally, is sort of what I felt like as soon as I started commuting two hours a day to work. <laughs> that's funny all right uh secretariat there i think we could sea biscuits another one that uh i really liked i don't know if you guys have seen sea biscuit but that was yeah i saw sea biscuit it was good i i thought it was good it's a little campy see i i you know it's funny because you sent out the uh you were talking about some of the movies and i i i said to my daughters i said well what 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 movies have we watched because i'm not a big movie person and but some of the ones are they see biscuit go secretariat and I'm like well of course I'm going to say secretariat but they didn't care for it I I did I I thought sea biscuit was fine I enjoyed it they didn't like sea biscuit no they didn't like I guess huh. whether it was because it was an older time I, I think they didn't like what happened with the jockey at the end uh, yeah and I, mm. I think that bothered them um, but I still thought it was a good story so. Yeah, I want to see the days of match races again. We're, you know, just two horses on the track. I don't see those days come back. Yeah, we'll yeah. never, we'll never see that again. Uh, I would then, like Sea Biscuit redone with Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. Oh, now you're talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Add another element to it. There you go. Yeah, more guys will be into it. Yes, yeah, Spider true. Biscuit done. <laughs> Spider Biscuit blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> How about National Velvets number five? Just shoot me now. I'm sorry, everybody. I think I just couldn't do it. Uh, it's it's too schmaltzy for me. Yeah, just uh, that's just me though. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, which is a uh, animated movie. You must have seen that one, uh, Patrick. You know, I I remember when it came out. Um, I don't know that my daughters have seen it. Um, it hasn't made the rounds because my wife is is not real big into the the animated movies mm. like that. So okay, so um, you've been I don't saved. think it's I don't think it's broached our screen here. 
<laughs> and then we have number three. Let's see, take votes on this one. We already had one vote. The man from Snowy River. I like the I like yeah, the I, movie actually. I thought that the photography was amazing. Oh yeah, Patrick, do you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up. I enjoyed it. it. It's one of my wife's favorite. And uh, Timothy, absolutely. If 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 you are first dating a horsewoman and you say, "Hey, why don't we why don't we spend the night and." Not spend the night. Why don't we? Freudian slip. And watch the man from Snowy River. Oh, it's one of That's my funny. favorite movies. <laughs> That's what's in the street cred right there, Timothy. I mean, you win. <laughs> <laughs> you win. You're in. Okay, then I'm in the minority here. <laughs> at least here. get a second date out of it. You know, <laughs> I'm in the minority. I've tried it twice. Fell asleep both times. Didn't like it. All. Really? Yeah, I hated it. So oh. I'm in the minority. I take the minority on that one. Seabiscuit was number two, and Warhorse was number one. So, which one? Who's what guy's not going to like Warhorse? I mean, yeah, Warhorse was cool. Yeah, it was a good movie. I thought I thought it was a great movie, but my wife tore it apart. No, oh, she was getting picky on it. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. Which is a sign of enjoyment, I think. Now, if we include movies like Braveheart, that that had horses in it, um, you know, the entire Marco Polo uh, two seasons that I just got finished watching, where they butchered most of the horses. I mean, if you include all of those shows that have horses in it, and every war movie about World War One and World War Two, then we'd have a ton, right? We'd have a ton of oh, movies, yeah. but uh, I don't think we oh, can yeah. call them proper horse movies. <clears throat> all right, Timothy, what's question two? Well, question two. This is, we're getting a little bit more more serious here. Um, how do you stave off horse show of boredom? Okay, so the reason for this question is this: there's a lot of activity. Your wife isn't necessarily paying a whole lot of attention to you. You are like how how do you how do you deal? Different different events are going to be different. So. My wife is an eventer. I don't find those sort of eventing competitions so bad. I think that there's a lot of action. But for 100 jumper stuff, it's like excruciating the amount of time that you just end up spending standing around and waiting for stuff to happen. And I don't like to just twiddle my thumbs. I want to do something. So how do we stave off horse show boredom? Well, in my particular case, um, we she doesn't go to that many horse shows, so it's not a real issue. Uh, but when we do go, what I do is I bring my camera uh, because I like I enjoy doing photography and that kind of thing, and I'll take pictures. I also bring a fully charged uh, iPhone so that I can get online and uh, do <laughs> things that I can pay attention to that uh, are not boring to me. Patrick, you've had a lot of experience here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, last the last couple of years have been have been quite interesting. But uh, uh, much like Lou, um, I bring my camera with me uh, when we're not, you know, with having two girls. They're typically they're in the same division, so there's a lot going on with with getting them ready for dressage and the stadium event and the cross country. It's um, during the downtime, pull out the camera, find a place on the course. Um, I try to walk the course with them uh, before the events try and get in a couple ideas because I've just started getting into the photography side of it, but it kind of, that kind of gives me my feel like I'm part of something I'm contributing to the event or contributing to their event, uh, to get some good pictures of it, uh, for them and, and for the other girls at the, in the barn that ride. And, 
you know, help out wherever I can. I'm like Tim. I, I, I can't, I can't sit still. I, I, I'd much rather be, you know, I got to be doing something. It's standing around watching, watching grass grow is just not my idea of a great Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I picture you being very, very busy, Patrick, with your wife and your two kids. You know, you're, you're chasing. Yeah. And, and are you, are you tacking up? Are you doing all that other stuff as well? Are you braiding? I, I don't, I'm not into braiding as of yet. Uh, I'm, although my daughters are swearing they're going to teach me how. Um, but they're, they're don't tall enough now that they do their own. No, well, I, I'll have to hold back as long as I can. <laughs> but when your daughters look up to you and say, daddy, please. Well, you know, if my wife said it one thing, but if the girls say it, you might have to consider it. But, uh, um, but the girls are tall enough now that they can tack up their own. They've, they've got, uh, you know, they've got Welsh crossbred, crossbred ponies that they can, they can pretty much do everything they need to. They might need me to hold up while they're changing outfits and that type of stuff. But uh, uh, once it's once it's go time, it's just you know there's there's always something going on. The boredom that comes for me is my wife does a lot of volunteering. Like we have uh, Glenn, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Lockmoy uh, Maryland Horse Trials here in Urbana, yep. which is about 20 minutes 20 minutes from our house. And Michelle and the, the girls do a lot of volunteering with the other events when they're not competing. Like we just had the one and two star event here. Uh, two weeks ago or so and my wife goes out judges i'll be out there on the course with her uh, helping her out but then when i you know i can only look at so many people going over the same jump so many times it's let me go grab a camera let me go see what my daughters are doing because they're always on the jump crew helping out in the arena so i'll check on them and i just kind of roam it and find a place to take some pictures help out with them where i can and make sure they're doing okay run water around to them but just kind of just be all handy for them whatever you need to do do you, and Patrick, you're, you're a musician too. Do you ever bring your, you play guitar? I do play guitar. Do you ever bring that out? Um, I, I, I have not. I, I, separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, no, I, I, it just never really is, as as even thought of being, Oh, does it, I don't embarrass know, there's so the much girls? going on. There's no downtime to sit down and do it. Let's it embarrass your daughters when you play like at, functions family functions or whatever do they think it's cool or at the point where they're starting to be embarrassed by dad when he gets out the guitar they're not too much they're not too embarrassed yet uh, we haven't had that many opportunities but they they prefer me to go out to the open mic nights or i've got some friends that are in bands uh, i sit in with them every now and then and they prefer that i just go and do my own thing when i need to go do it and <laughs> that's about it um, I've tried to get them. I've I've offered to play for them, like when they have the school talent competition, so they can sing a song. Cause they both both love to sing around the house, but they're like, "No, Dad, I'm not going to do that." So we we won't embarrass them to that point. We'll let them make their own those decisions on their own, I guess. You know, it's been so long since I've I go to a lot of horse shows, but I do it for work now and for the shows, and that's a little bit different. Right. And it's been so long when Jennifer was competing regularly, where we would be every weekend. We didn't have cell phones back then, so you know it's been so long that we just basically had to you had to sit there and watch. You talk to the other horse husbands, and I would volunteer a lot either at the food stands or doing something just to do something. Right, and especially oh, dressage shows are just the worst. I don't care what anybody says. Dressage shows if you have to sit for an entire day and for some reason the further you have to drive the later or either one or two things are going to happen you're going to be the first you're going to be the first uh, ride of the day so you have to get up at like two in the morning or you're, <laughs> you're going to drive and you're going to you're going to have one of the people in the trailer is going to be at eight and the others at five 
and you got all day right. to sit around doing nothing. That's always what happens at shows. Uh, it just always works that way. I don't know why. Well, and this weekend, uh, the the first show my wife is involved in is in fact a dressage show. So thanks for the warning. Oh no, you're gonna oh you're gonna have a blast. It is so exciting. Really I can't well. wait. <laughs> the last show Jennifer decided to go to a Western dressage show. Ooh, that's just like a slower version of the English dressage show. So, oh, is that possible? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I didn't think it could get any slower. No, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Very good. How does your wife? All oh, this one, the, you know, Timothy, you asked this one because this one's very personal to you right now. Yeah, it is. So I mentioned at the at the top of the show that you know my wife and she she does a weekly video blog, um, and so she ta- has talked about her experience a little bit. Um, but, you know, she was uh, a, an alternate for the Olympics. She is an alternate for the Olympics, although not a traveling reserve. Um, and she recently competed at the National uh, Cup, at the Nation's Cup. And during that competition, she had uh, a, a fall. And it was the first time that she's fallen as long as I've known her. And, and it, was, it was hard um, uh, for her. I, I really sort of respect how she was able to to push through it. And part of her process has really been to sort of look forward and to plan strategically towards what the next thing is. And so she's looking forward to competing over in Berlin. So we're looking forward to going over there, but there, there's, there's that moment, right? There's that moment of disappointment where you're the supportive husband. Um, uh, but you don't know a whole lot about horses and you can't really relate to the experience as an experience. And so how do you handle it when your wife experiences um and maybe this is a, a general question as well but like when your wife handles uh, experiences disappointment is it good to just sort of back off and not do anything or or uh, or, or how have you all handled those situations well my, my wife actually honest. go ahead go ahead Lou. well my wife is actually um she she got thrown from her horse uh, during a trail ride, broke her collarbone. In fact, she called me from the woods. Hey, I broke my collarbone. They're coming up to get me. You know, meet me at the hospital. Um, but she she she's pretty resilient. Um, she she and I guess I'm pretty lucky in the sense that I don't really have to um, help her through it so much as just be understanding of what she's going through. She's she's uh, gets right back up on on the horse and and uh, and keeps on uh, keeping on. She's she's pretty she's great that way. Uh, what she's really into is living her life with the horse, if that makes sense to you. Um, she she takes the development of her and the horse's relationship very seriously, and that's what's really important to her. Not so much the competition. Uh, in fact, she she prefers not to compete. She's in this dressage show this weekend uh, because her dressage instructor asked her to be. Uh, her goal is really to simply have the horse in her life, not to put not for it to put pressure on her, uh, or for competitive reasons. Uh, she hates drama. Uh, we 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 own three dogs, and we've. We've had Newfoundlands, uh, big dogs, and uh, originally we we took the the dogs to uh, dog competitions, and the drama is something that really just turned us off to competition um, that goes on uh, between the handlers and and the owners. So um, she's, I got to say, she's really top 
top shelf with that. Uh, the best way I can support her is to just listen. Uh, let her tell me what's on her mind and, and encourage her, remind her that she's having a blast, and she is. Uh, I like to you know make life stress-free as possible for her in terms of uh, her and her horse and enjoying their time together. Um, th- th- I try to have dinner ready when she comes home, when she goes to the barn in the evening, um, and I clean the house so our weekends are free so that we can enjoy things together. Um, and I try to be understanding about the tack of the day club. <laughs> we get a package every day. It seems like in the mail, uh, from, for tack. Uh, so hey, I, uh, I just, D- Lou, do you know who started that years ago? What? No, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I was working for Bitter Britain at the time and I said, Oh, why don't we do something like woot and start a tack of the day? Uh, there you go. I, I was the founder of that, so you can blame me oh. for all of that. Actually, thanks so very You're much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, for Michelle, I, I, much like Lou, uh, my wife's not a very competitive. Doesn't have very, I guess, a very deep competitive spirit. I mean, she competes, but it's all about self improvement and self development for her and and her thoroughbred charm. Yeah, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Charm has uh, charm. Previous owner, I, I forget whether she went prelim or, or uh, how far up she went in the divisions. Um, but we picked her up probably close to 10 years ago. She's 17, 18, 18 years old now. And um, Michelle has just recently, with, with the girls getting into the eventing, um, has said, well, let me see what I can do. You know, let me, I want to get back into doing some events just to see so she can do it. Um, and there's been some struggles, a lot of struggles with charm and with having a, an off-track thoroughbred mare who uh, probably could use a couple of Xanax every now and then, um, both both rider and horse, but uh, just because of the, their normal temperament. But the, the, the way she pushes through the lessons with that, uh, all I can do is be as supportive as possible, focus on the positives, be there with a good listen, a good ear to listen and... Uh, and, uh, you know, much like Lou with, with helping keep things quiet and drama free at the house for when she comes back from the barn, um, a cold bottle of Chardonnay in the fridge goes a long way too. So uh-huh. <laughs> that, 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 that always seems to help smooth things over when it's a rough day at the barn. Well, maybe, you know, Patrick, as you have, you know, you've got your kids who are growing up as, as, you know, young equestrians, maybe that's a yeah. big advantage and something that we because there's this pattern, right? This pattern of resiliency that we look at these equestrian exactly. women who are, um, you know, I think all of our, our wives are the same insofar as it is the horse is number one. Um, yeah. uh, and there's always looking forward to the next thing. Everything is sort of a learning experience. And if you sense that our wives are so incredibly resilient the best thing that we can do is to support them in their resiliency, to listen to them and to just be them, not a source of drama as they are, you know, more than capable of working. They don't need us to help them work through anything. They've got it. They just need us to not be a pain in the ass as they're trying to work through, through things themselves. Yeah. But we, you know, Agreed, we, I mean, we were talking about earlier when like, your situation, Timothy, with your wife here recently, that's so tough to even know what to say or do. I mean, you just, and then we always say the wrong thing, it seems like, in situations like that, at least until we learn just to keep our mouth shut. But it takes years to figure that out. And in the meantime, you're just always saying the wrong thing. 
it just is so hard when they're when they're that disappointed when you know when you're on your way to in in her case look what you know she was she had a, the potential to do it just is so di- what did you do when she fell off that day i i did exactly what uh, what patrick and lou are talking about doing right you know you 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 can't give them advice you cannot give them advice because you're not you're not a writer. Oh, and they don't want to hear everything's going to be okay. It'll be okay. They don't want to hear no, that either. No, because, because no. you don't know. Right. You know you, you, you don't know what, what things are like for the horse because of course they're worried about soundness and things and and you know fortunately you know nothing's wrong with with Johnny. You know he's as sound as he's ever been, if not more so. Um, uh, you don't know what is going on in the selectors' heads, and to speculate is just not the right thing to do. All you can do is listen, have dinner ready, you know, and, and really it's been really inspiring for me actually to watch how Elisa has sort of managed her own psychology, knowing that she's had to work through, through some things, but how she's been able to leverage that sense of disappointment into something that's very positive. And as she's been able to look forward to the next thing, which is, Burley and and how she's going to continue to develop as a rider and how she's going to continue to develop her horses as she looks forward to the equestrian games, the world equestrian games and um, Tokyo in 2020. And so it's, it's been really sort of by taking, by taking a step back and like, admittedly, I took a couple of steps forward that I shouldn't have, you know, in trying to be supportive, but in taking a step, couple steps back and just allowing Elisa to work through her process, I've learned a lot about resiliency and about how I can sort of deal with my own sense of disappointment. So it, it's, it's been good. And I think, you know, Patrick, um, horses are expensive. It, I, the prospect of having children, let alone two girls that are involved in equestrian sport is just the most terrifying thing in the world for me. But, you know, <laughs> to, to look at the kind of character that it ends up building is really... Um, it, it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agreed. And that's probably when they do well and they get a ribbon and they, they place well, that, you know, obviously that that's wonderful for them. They, they get to see something that's a, a, something tangible for all their efforts. But as a dad, when you sit back and you, you see how much they've grown through that moment and, um, uh, and what they're able to accomplish in, in all three phases. It, it's something that as a dad, you say, wow, you know, this is, these are life lessons that you can't learn anywhere else. I, I couldn't begin to bring them, bring them around and teach them what they've learned just in the, the couple of years that they've been on, on horseback. Um, there, yeah, there's some scary times, you know, much like with, uh, with Elisa. I mean, our youngest has a, has a very green pony. And he's a hunter jumper, but he's not used to cross country. And there's a couple courses around here that's spooky. And unfortunately, she's been thrown a couple times. He'll, you know, he, he'll rear, he'll throw, throw her down, and she she bounces right back up. She finishes the course, and to see that resiliency, and there might be some tears. Never knock on wood. I don't even want to jinx it, but you know, knock on wood, it's never been a serious injury. But always gets right back up. Always finishes it out, and. Uh, and, you know, find something positive from it and how they, you know, that's teaching them things that are going to carry well into their life, uh, well into the rest of their lives. So, um, you know, it's, it's a fine balance that they're, 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 they're walking right there, but 
at the same time, it's, it's incredible lessons for him and I you know, completely support it. Switching the tone just a little bit. And that's, I, I, it's, it's really nice. And I think this is sort of one of the wonderful things about the podcast and, the, and about the websites and the communities that we form is that we do have these common experiences. Um, mm-hmm. We're able to support each other as, as horse husbands, but also just sort of praise the sort of common threads in our sort of our experience and experiences of our, of our wives. Um, so this is really great, but not everything, not every part of a horse husband's life is about the wife. And this is sort of the, the, the problem is you start talking about horse husbands and the way that the horse husband is sort of portrayed in equestrian media is that the horse husband is like supportive and all this other stuff. But there's a, there can be like, a way in which the horse husband is portrayed as someone who is sort of dutiful doting and doesn't really have any particular life or ambition or identity apart from their wives. But that's hardly the case. We have our own lives and we have our own interests and ambitions. And so between work, which is very consuming and equestrian life uh, and supporting our wife and, you know, in your case, Patrick, your children, um, uh, do you have time for other hobbies and what are they? And, and, and how do you take sort of time for yourself? Lou? Well, in my particular case, I'm retired. Uh, so I have uh, lots of time for myself during the daytime. My wife is still working. Uh, so I can do anything that I want to do. I enjoy playing the guitar like Patrick, uh, doing some singing as well. I'm involved in our local uh, theater, community theater, so I get involved in, in some shows and, and do some volunteer work there. Um, I have a, a nice setup in my rec room uh, with a guitar and a microphone so I can wail away during the daytime. I have three dogs that I take care of <laughs> and a cat and a parrot upstairs as well. It's kind of like Noah's Ark around here. Uh, so I, I, and I, and my wife and I both have come to the realization that um, it's important for us to support each other, not only in what we personally want to do, but what the other person wants to do. So she's more than happy to have me volunteer uh, at the theater or play the guitar at uh, some of the open mic nights in the area or or play with uh, some of the bands and some of the people, just like Patrick, for example. Um, and, and I take care of the dogs as well. So I'm plenty busy uh, uh, doing things that I enjoy. I'm, uh, I, I, I have so many interests that I almost don't have time to, to take care of them all. Oh, and Lou, you have a fantastic voice. Hearing you for the first time, you have a voice for radio. I can see you. In, I can see you singing and in, in, in the theater. You know, these are these are not only sort of exciting and really interesting hobbies, but they're also very well suited. I, I can. I, I, I would buy an album from you. Between Just, Lou and Patrick, <laughs> I think we have a horse hubby band starting here. There you go. Yeah. I think we've got the start of something big here. <laughs> we need to get this together. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We could call ourselves, uh, you know, the uh, the hoofbeats or something. <laughs> there you go. That, that it works pretty good, actually. <laughs> you know, or the you know, we could do the horse's asses. That could be the name of the band. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's we the keep... business end. I mean, That's right. I mean, <laughs> it's the part we see the most loading them into trailers. That's I mean. true. <laughs> we are the business end. That's, That's sure. it. It's the That's horse's right. asses. It'll be a hit. It'll be perfect. People will remember it. If you want a name they remember, they'll remember that. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Patrick, 
So I've just started, and I know that you are a big, you're big into this. I've started mountain biking for the first time uh-huh. and it is super cool. So, so you, you've been doing this for a while in addition to your guitar. Playing? I've gotten in. Yeah. In addition to the music, um, I I've gotten into, uh, started to get back into fitness. Um, and a lot of it is I'm doing road cycling right now. Um, I've done mountain biking a couple times. Um, but spend more. There's a couple groups here in Frederick that I ride with and get out, you know, a couple times a week with them, plus some rides on my own. I probably ride four times a week, um, which is nice because I can get out and carve out time when, when it doesn't conflict with barn time, gives me my time. Um, my wife and I, a couple of years ago, as an anniversary present, we wanted to do a, an anniversary gift of fitness and we did a half marathon together. Um, neither one of us are, are top notch athletes, but it's, the goal was to finish, finish, run the whole 13.1 together. And for the last couple of years, we've done a series of half marathons and distance races in and around Maryland, Frederick and, and the Baltimore area. Um, but this year, um, we kind of took a break with all the girls activities with the events and such. Um, I've gotten into some sprint triathlons just to do something different. I get my, I get my running, I get my biking in. The whole swim thing is, is foreign to me, but, uh, you know, it's sink or swim. So you got to figure it out somewhere. Keep moving forward. And, uh, there's a group that I, I, I race with called, called, uh, Ost- Ostomy United. Um, I'm an ostomate. I, I had ulcerative colitis as, as a teenager and series of surgeries, that kind of stuff. I have an ileostomy. And, uh, one of the things that this, this group is, is that, you know, promote what is, what is a, what's something that you can do you know, it's just because you have an ostomy, you have, you have the appliance on your side. It's not the end of the world. You know, life goes on. So what are activities that everybody can do and you can continue to do? And that's, that's been a way for me to advocate for ostomates as well. And that's, that's part of my hobbies. Um, and in the wintertime, I do a lot of skiing. I do some, some ski racing, giant slalom and uh, slalom racing. And, uh, which is typically during the slow time for the horses. So, uh, at least for the event. So it, the schedules work out well that way. Can you talk a little bit, cause this is, this is new to me. Is it ostomy? Like, what is that? Yeah, I have an, so I have an ileostomy. Um, I had ulcerative colitis as a, as a high school sophomore. And, uh, it was a disease that affected my large intestine. And after many years of, of steroids and other drugs finally stopped responding. And I was, high risk for cancer. I never was diagnosed with cancer, but I was a high risk for cancer. And the decision was made to, to, to remove what was my entire large intestine. And I went through several other surgeries and a couple different situations to try and remedy it. Um, but ultimately after about five surgeries and about 10, 12 years of time, um, I ended up with a permanent ileostomy in which this appliance service, you know, it sits on the outside. I stick it to my side, but it serves as, you know, my de facto large intestine, but it's ever since I've had it, it's the healthiest I've ever been. I'm, you know, I'm 49, almost 50. Now this is the most active, the most, uh, the, uh, the, the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. So, um, a lot of this is, Hey, what can I do next? You know, much like, uh, what they're learning on horseback of what can they push, push the envelope? What can they learn over the, as they progress through the different divisions, you know, my hobbies are, well, what can I do next? What, what can I do that, you know, that I never did before? And that's, that fuels a lot of what I do as well in my hobbies. 
And the fact so, that you haven't let it stop you or slow you down is even, you know, more amazing. Exactly. You know, it is so but, funny because you, you, we take a look at people and you never know what, it, and we always say this, you have to you never judge anybody because you don't know what they're going through. Right. And there's a lot of things people are going through that we never see, whether it's a mental or physical or, or whatever. And it's just so amazing sometimes what, what people do go through to lead normal lives. We've okay. truly got f- philosophical here today, Timothy. And it's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse because this last question, this last question is, and, and it actually relates, and I love where this is going. Less, like, what lessons have you learned as a result of living with horses that have impacted how you think and act in other situations or domains? So I don't ride horses. I've, it sounds like I've been on a horse more times than you, Patrick. Lou, are you on a horse very often? Uh, not very often. We just went to uh, Gettysburg a, uh, a, a month or so ago and did a horseback tour of the battlefield, which was uh, the first time I was on a horse in the previous three years. And before that, it was 20 or 30 years earlier. So, no, not very often. Yeah, so we haven't been, we don't, we're not on horses very often, but we're around them. And it, it mm-hmm. can't help but, you know, we've talked about how our wives affect how we think and approach life, how living around. I, I end up using a lot of equestrian metaphors in my own work, which I try not to tell Elisa about because I'm I tell her, she's like, it's all wrong. And I sort of want to like live in my magical land of delusion. Like I know kind of what I'm talking about, but, but you know, I, I, there, there are a lot of things that we learn from our wives and from being around horses. And so how has that sort of affected in your life living around horses? How has that affected your life in a way that um, you are happy about and in a way that you wouldn't have um, experienced life otherwise? Well, in my case, um, I, I think that just seeing how happy that being around horses makes my wife makes me extremely happy. Uh, it's, it's just uh, incredibly satisfying for me to have her come home, which she just did a few minutes ago. In fact, she just came in screaming my name. Uh, but coming home from uh, a night at the, at the barn and with a smile on her face and telling me how excited she is about what she did, uh, it, it, horses and her connect just, and, and I've, and I've found that, you know, I always enjoyed animals growing up, but I, I, being around horses and, and uh, three dogs, which now I'm just letting one in from outdoors, uh, it, it's just they're living things. They, they, uh, they're living things that have feelings as well as we do. Um, the difference is that we can help ourselves, and sometimes they need us to help them. Uh, and, and, and that, to me, is a very moving thing. Uh, it sounds schmaltzy, I know, but just seeing my wife as happy as she is makes me a very happy man. Lou, I gotta, I gotta say, you hit it right on the head. Um, much the same on this side as well. Um, and you always hear of the talk of uh, the relationship between a girl and her horse, or a woman and her horse, right? And that bond that they have. And I'll be honest, when when Michelle and I got together. 
16 years ago. I didn't understand that. There were, to me, in our dating and all that, it was a competition. Oh, you'd rather have time with the horses, but, you know, when are we going to, what's, when's our going out time, that kind of thing. And as our relationship has developed and as I have become more hands-on as horse hubby and horse dad, ultimately, and, um, it's, I've started to get inside of that a little bit and gain a better understanding to see that connection and appreciate that connection that she has with charming and, uh, and our daughters as well. Um, the resiliency, uh, the gentle communication, uh, between, between human and horse is something Mm -hmm. else. Um, uh, the patience, the, uh, you know, children can be, can be trying at all, at all levels, but then you throw in a spirited mare and, uh, <laughs> maybe that's a whole nother avenue there that, that you don't want to go across. But again, it, it teaches that patience. It teaches you to stay calm under pressure. And, um, I think patience for me is the biggest thing. Uh, that's what I've learned yeah, is, patience. you know, and it's patience dealing with your, your spouse with the horses, in your case, your spouse and your children with the horses. It's just patience all around, right? And horses teach you patience because, you know, being impatient doesn't get you anywhere, especially with what Elisa does with training Mustangs and the wild horses. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to be exactly. patient. So I think that that's the thing. I, and I'm not a very patient person. So, I, that has helped a lot. And being around my horses over the years has helped me with patience. Because I had draft horses. They weighed a ton. They were huge. And, you know, you get impatient with them, they'll hurt you. Uh, so, you you know, you had to be very careful. Um, and also try and be as calm as possible. And ponies, you know, I've always ha- also had ponies, which, as you know, are, uh, Patrick, are, are a challenge in themselves. And you have to be True. patient with them because they'll own you if you're not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah we have patience. Riley will do that to us. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean they're just that way. I mean it's just the way ponies are, and I you know a lot of people say well ponies you know aren't necessarily the best things for kids, um, the best things for kids to have first, but I think they are. They teach one, they teach them how to stay on, and they teach them how to fall, and they also teach them how to be patient with one of the most impatient animals ever, a pony. Well, I think that's all the time we have. We're running out. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. This is what happens when you let a philosopher write the questions, by the way. A doctor philosopher. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, this, this is, this is and, and this is why we actually can't allow any women to listen to the show, because what this is actually doing is therapy. Exactly. And and they're all going to think we're like these lovely, adoring individuals, and we don't want them to think that. That's, you know. But we are, and there's so much respect that we have for our wives and what they do. You know, I, on one hand, I wish that horses were more like machines because then I would get them. But they're (laughs) like people. That's right. And it, you know, has given me a great deal of, it's come, I've appreciated animals more. And I've also mm-hmm. appreciated yes. people more because people make life far more complicated than they have to. You know, language is an encumbrance. It sort of gets in the way sometimes. Um, uh, no, and, and I see myself in Elisa's animals. And Elisa sees me in her animals and is able to relate behaviors. And it makes, it, it, makes, it, it really has enriched my life. And it's, it's great to hear how this experience, living on the periphery of equestrian life has enriched the experience of all of you. So thanks for the time today. 
My pleasure. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank thank you for the invite. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here on Horses in the Morning. We'll start at 9 a.m. Of course, tomorrow's Really Bad Ads Day. So get your really bad ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. We're doing the drawing for the Carrots Show Coat tomorrow, and you still have a chance to get on the list. We'll pull a name out of a hat to see who wins that. That's a $120 value. All you have to do is go to Craigslist and find some really crappy ads about horses for sale, and that'll take you about 10 seconds because they're all pretty crappy. So head over to Craigslist, find your ads, send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Get them in today. Thanks, Timothy. We'll talk to you all next month. <laughs> 